We are going to continue our series in Mark this morning. Thank you so much. He does the best of that out of anyone. Bob has lost his job. Yeah. Look how stealthy he is. Smooth. Turn in your Bibles to the book of Mark, chapter 14, with me. And then just hang out there for a moment. Does anyone remember years ago, like we're talking probably 20 years ago, there was a TV show called 24. Did anyone watch 24 or is it just me? I remember I had a surgery on my knee and I ended up just binge watching it. So I don't remember post-surgery if it was any good or not um, because I just watched them all and I think I slept through most of it. So I don't know. But we're going to talk about this morning the difference 24 hours can make. The difference 24 hours can make. Now we are in the midst of this Mark series and we are coming towards the end. But we're looking forward to something we know as Easter. This is the, the, the pivotal moment of the Christian faith. Like, this is, this is the everything. But right now, we have these, these building block pieces that are leading up to Easter. And so this morning's teaching, um, we're going to skip some stuff, but we're going to come back to it still before Easter. But I've got to skip some stuff in order to put this together properly and have the full story. So if you're wondering, why did I skip a bunch of things? Well, it's on purpose. So if you're in Mark chapter 14, we're going to start in verse 27. Verse 27. I'll just read it here with you guys. On the way, Jesus told them, all of you, everybody say all of you, will desert me. For the scriptures say, God will strike the shepherd and the sheep will be scattered. But after I am raised from the dead, I will go ahead of you to Galilee and meet you there. Peter said to him, even if everyone deserts you, I will never. Jesus replied, I tell you the truth, Peter, this very night, before the rooster crows twice, that's their clock apparently, you will deny three times that you even know me. No, Peter declared emphatically, even if I have to die with you, I will never deny you. And all the others vowed the same. I will never deny you. Bold statement from Peter. Jesus called out the disciples in this moment. Jesus knew what they could and could not handle. And he prophetically knew what Peter was about to do. Keep in mind, Peter, okay? The, on this rock, Peter, meaning rock, I will build my church. The future Saint Peter. Saint Peter the Apostle. I will never deny you, Jesus. Peter was very confident. Peter was very confident in that moment. 
but what a difference 24 hours is gonna make. Here's a piece of pastoral insider information for you. Are you ready? Don't tell anyone this. These are trade secrets this morning. There is a, there is a joke, but it, the sad thing is it's not a joke. Pastors talk about this. When you get to a new church that you're going to work at, you need to pay attention. The first person that comes to you and says, Pastor, I am so excited you're here. I am with you till the end. He's a turkey. First person that takes you out for lunch, beware. Absolutely beware. Now, you go to any pastor, nine out of ten of them will tell you, yes, this is absolutely true. The one pastor who says, no, I don't think that's right, will come back to you a week later and be like, I was actually thinking about it. And I remember every single time. It's dark, hey? But it's one of those things that unfortunately happens. Pastor, we're with you till the end. No matter what, you know what? We support you. Run away. (laughs) They've got three to six weeks before they leave the church. And if they do stick around, they are going to make your life miserable for 10 years. It's like clockwork. Why is that, though? I have a theory. I have a theory. When our hearts are so invested in a cause, in a church, in an event, we attribute honor to people who don't deserve it. The honor that is only due to the Lord. We attribute that to people. And then when something goes wrong or they say something or do something that you don't like, all of a sudden it's just like, whoa, I can't handle this. I'm out of here. You up the game for yourself by giving honor to humans who don't deserve it. Is the 80s, 90s, and early 2000s in Pentecostalism we exalted man far too high when we should have been giving glory to God. We wanted our celebrity pastors, we wanted our, our heroes of the faith, and no matter what they said, they were right until they heard us. And then, boy, howdy, were they wrong. The only one who deserves honor, glory, and praise, and worship is Jesus Christ. We'll talk a bit more on this in two weeks' time when we talk about the Gethsemane piece. The Garden of Gethsemane is what comes next in the flow of Mark. And we're going to talk about it in two weeks' time. Peter at this point, cannot imagine a scenario. He can't conceive a time. He can't even think of how this would play out, that he would have to deny Jesus. This is foreign to him, yet alone betray him. 
Peter only saw in real time. He only saw what was happening in real time. Jesus saw the whole timeline. He, he had the glimpse 24 hours in advance. Peter in the moment, surrounded by the other disciples, they're, they're going to the garden to pray. He's with all the people. Like, why would we ever? Jesus, we're not going to betray you. Are you kidding? How, why would we deny you? Look at all of us. It's like, no, no, you will. By the end of the night. Peter couldn't fathom this. You ever had a, a family member or a close friend warn you about something? And you decided to have selective hearing and then it came back to bite you good it's not just me it happens all the time Jesus is saying Peter it's going to happen but you notice how he never took back any of the other stuff he has said about Peter in the past Peter on this rock I'm going to build my church I love your faith, Peter. You never took it back. We all go through tough times in life. We all go through seasons of doubt. These seasons of doubt are normal. But we're going to talk a little bit about how to handle that this morning. The next piece of this story picks up in verse 66 still of 14. Meanwhile, so Garden of Gethsemane happened. Jesus has been arrested. Uh, Peter cut the ear off a fella, and Jesus put it back on. Weird. And now Peter is by himself, okay? He is by himself. He doesn't have the other disciples. He is not in the proximity of the Savior. He is by himself. Meanwhile, Peter was in the courtyard below. One of the servant girls who worked for the high priest came by and noticed Peter warming himself at the fire. Observation. This isn't in my notes, but just observation I had early this morning. You know, servants in this point in time weren't really allowed to do a whole lot, yet alone have opinions. The, the servant of the high priest here, um, she's pretty bold for what she's about to say. Just a thought. So back again. Meanwhile, Peter was in the courtyard below. One of the servant girls who worked for the high priest came by and noticed Peter warming himself at the fire. She looked at him closely and said, you were one of those with Jesus of Nazareth. Peter denied it. I don't know what you're talking about, he said. And he went out into the entryway. Just then, a rooster crowed. When the servant girl saw him standing there, she began telling the others, this man is definitely one of them. But Peter denied it again. A little later, some of the other bystanders confronted Peter and said, you must be one of them because you're Galilean. Maybe that's the same as like being from Saskatchewan. <laughs> Sorry. Peter swore, a curse on me if I'm lying. 
I don't know this man you're talking about. And immediately, the rooster crowed a second time. Suddenly, Jesus' words flashed through Peter's mind. Before the rooster crows twice, you will deny me three times that you even knew me. And he broke down and wept. Lord God, we thank you for your word. We thank you that what is in there is necessary for us today. We thank you that we have scripture. We thank you that we have your son. Help us to constantly be looking to you, Lord. We love you. In Jesus' name, amen. The difference 24 hours can make, hey? The confidence of Peter. Whoa, why would we ever deny you to, I, I don't know what you're talking about, curse on me if I'm lying. What? Who, what, who says that? Like, that's really upping the ante, hey? He could have just said no and run away. A curse on me if I'm lying? Peter's world just collapsed. Jesus was arrested. The man he spent three years following around, learning from, is in jail. His religious leader is in jail. If anyone has the right to be in emotional distress at this point in time in history, it's the disciples. The doubt, the anxiety, the isolation, they all led to Peter's fight-or-flight mechanism kicking in. Have you been there? Have you been there in your faith where your world crashes down, you don't know what's happening anymore, you don't know what you believe, and you just freeze? Or maybe you run and find something else for a while. In the church world, we got lots of answers for this. Maybe you didn't know enough hymns because it's the old hymns that would save you. Just, my grandma would tell you that. And she was wonderful, so she was probably right. Maybe you're reading the wrong Bible translation. Maybe you don't have enough faith when you pray. We have lots of answers for things that don't need answers. Sometimes our worlds crash. Sometimes the floor falls out. And the only thing that makes sense anymore is Jesus. But when we don't have the people around us to help us get there, life is tough. Now, as much as Peter represents the scattering disciples in the scripture, he also represents us with our doubts, our tensions, our loneliness. But never forget the fact that Peter bounced back. St. Peter, the apostle, bounced back. He bounced back to plant some of the most important churches 
in the history of the world. Peter bounced back. No matter what your doubts are, no matter what your situation is, no matter where you sit today, now is not forever. Now is not forever. As a pastor, as a Christian, as just a, a normal human being, I have walked my share of life. I have lived through lots of things that would surprise you, I'm sure. And I've wondered, where is Jesus more times than I can count? I've asked God, why did you abandon me? Only to realize I abandoned him. I've wrestled with huge doubts over my beliefs. And unfortunately, it seems like those times often drive us to isolation. The only time it doesn't drive you to isolation is when you realize that other people are there too. And this all comes crashing in on us when we put our faith in people that aren't God. We put our faith in events. We put our faith in the church instead of looking up. Every time I walked through a tough situation in my life, I wish I had more good friends. I wish I had more people who were there for me. And this is coming from an introvert. Those of you who know me well know how bad my introvertism. Is it an ism? Is it an affliction? I don't, I don't quite know. Like yesterday, some of us went to uh, Winnipeg, and we were at a district event. And I had three sessions that I taught and uh, on church vision and how to handle new people in your church and what do you do after COVID and all of these things. So I taught these three sessions, and each one of them was filled with people that wanted to ask questions. And it was just like, every time there was a question, it was just like, oh, you're killing me. Like, all I wanted to do is go to the bathroom and hide until the next one started. Couldn't do it. But by the time I, I got out of there, I was so tired. Because it, it just, it's the isolate. Like, that's how bad my intro, introvertism disease is. Is it? I just recommend that to... Merriam-Webster. It's important. There's a time in my life, um, it was particularly rough, both uh, career path and personally. And I was, I was kind of rock-bottoming. And um, I had no interest in being in ministry anymore. And I was, just, I was just done. You know, the church let me down. Leaders let me down. And I was just like, you know what? If this is the way you're going to behave, forget you. I'm good. And so I, I took a season then and just did some education things and golfed a lot with my friends, and it was great-ish. But I, inside, I was dying a little. 
And I remember I decided, okay, I need, I need a project. I need something to do. So I decided I was going to completely redo my deck. So pressure washed it, made a giant mess. It, when you pressure wash improperly, it's kind of like a water knife. And it just splits the wood. And then you got more problems. And nobody told me that if you just use a belt sander, you can probably salvage some of this. So, but no one told me that. So I went ahead, took a putty knife, and started scraping. And kept scraping. And kept scraping. And listened to audiobooks and kept scraping. I listened to a 15-hour audiobook at one speed, not 1.5 or 2, one speed, 15 hours on the golden age of piracy. Why? I don't know. She was, I don't know. And I don't remember any of it now. This went on for weeks. We had some good friends who lived about 45 minutes away. And um, Jordan and Kendra are their names, and they're just wonderful people. A couple times a week, Jordan and Kendra would drive up to the house. One of them would play with the kids. The other one would sit there, grab a putty knife, just scrape. Didn't talk. Just scraped. Things got better. 24 hours, things got better. Every 24 hours was different. We need people like that in our lives because we're made for community. We are not made to be isolated. We can sit there in our weird ideas and our weird opinions and it, our brains just start to do things that aren't normal. We need people. We need people around us to push us and pull us. Even if it's just Kendra sitting there scraping the deck and saying nothing to me. It helped. Do you have people like that in your life? I guarantee you that Peter needed someone in this story. His entire support system was gone. The other 11, nowhere to be seen. Jesus was in jail. They scattered. I believe that for many of us, even us introverts, not living in isolation is one of the massive keys to having a successful spiritual life. This is one of the reasons we, we strive to, to put groups in front of you. So that you, you constantly join a group, join a different study, join a different group, join another study. Because we need each other. We need to be in a group. We need to be in community. Nine times out of ten when people say, I don't feel connected, I, I feel like I'm trying to do this all on my own. It's like, are you in a group? Well, of course not. Join a group. I know there's two new ones starting. Three. Boy, howdy. There's three new ones starting in the next little while. Um, Jen is going to be doing one on mental health. So um, talk. Can you do a thing? Thank you. Talk to her. And this group is going to be starting soon. And this is a great group to get involved with. There's another group. I used to run a Tuesday night group. 
and I have passed that off. One of our core values here is passing batons. I have passed my group off. It is now going to be led by Nikki Hunter. Are you here? Balcony? Balcony people, you can see who that is. Um, by Nikki Hunter and Alyssa, who was running coffee today. They're going to be re doing a group on the Book of Romans, a study. That one looks fantastic, too. And then uh, in March, I'm going to be starting a uh, marriage course. We're going to be doing Marriage Alpha. Um, this is going to, I'll warn you, I've done Marriage Alpha before with people. Um, it's in depth and it's intense. And um, only sign up for that one if you can handle it. There's your warning. But these are three new groups. We have other ones that are constantly going. But these are three new groups that are starting very, very soon. I encourage you to join a group or start a group. Get people around you. It doesn't matter if they look like you. It doesn't matter if they think like you. Diversity is beautiful. This room is full of people from multiple different backgrounds. We have classical Pentecostals, we've got liberal Pentecostals, we've got Anglicans, Catholics, Baptists, Reformers, even Reformers. Um, but I love you all, even the Reformers. Um, diversity is good for us, it's good to think differently. It's good to be pushed. We need people in our lives. We were created for community. Even consider the Trinity, okay? God the Father, God the Son, God the Holy Spirit. The only way he could, we could come up with this concept to even understand God is to think of God in community, in a perfectly balanced community. We were created from community for community. In community, we can care for our doubts and bring them back to health. There is a reason, a massive reason that religion has only sustained in community. We need each other. We need people leaning on people who are leaning on Jesus. Only in true community can we be ourselves. With our opinions, with our perspectives, with our flaws, with our issues, with our hang-ups. Because when we're honest about that stuff, we can find healing and we can find health and we can support one another. This is the beauty of the kingdom of God, is that you don't have to do it by yourself. It is not an isolated religion where it's just about you. It's about us. We're a family. We're a community. And in this room, I guarantee you that some of you there's people you don't agree with. There's people you don't like. I'm going to say this in the most loving, pastoral way possible. Are you ready? Please say you're ready. 
Okay, now you're bought in. Great. Get over it. It's okay. It's okay. I don't always like all of you. Sorry. You leave me mean voicemails? and No, that doesn't happen for a while. <laughs> it's been a little while. Don't change that. You are a fantastic congregation. I bragged about you in Winnipeg because you're worth bragging about. You're welcome. But get to know the people around you so that when times get tough and the floor falls out, that we're not in isolation. That you know ahead of time that someone needs a hand up, that someone needs a hug. Amen? Don't wait till it's posted all over Facebook. Get there before it gets to that point and just love people. Love the people in this building and love the people outside of it. Amen?